Hello and welcome to Are You a Weezer Fan? As always, I'm John, here with Bill. If I have to type Weezerpedia into my keyboard one more time. A show that brings you the chronological story of Weezer history, music, and lore. Bill, what do we got going on today? We are going to be following Weezer on the tour for the Blue Album and promotion for the Blue Album. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so this is something that we're going to be hitting on uh, for every, you know, kind of chapter of the Weezer story. Um, what was the touring cycle like? What was the promotion? Was there any kind of, you know, television appearances for the album? Um, how rigorous was the touring? Who were they on tour with? Um, yeah, if a notable show happens, we'll point it out and talk about it specifically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of in essence, we're hitting the road with Weezer. Uh, and to start... Holy shit, Bill. This Blue Album Tour is a goddamn doozy. This is insane. Like, so many bands nowadays don't do runs like this. There there are over 258 shows played in this time span. Yeah. Um, and it starts before the album even drops, right? Um, so there are... Uh, 20 something shows between the recording and the release of the album yeah well even before that we talked about this on the blue album they were playing club dates non-stop while they were getting signed yep and uh they played all the way up until august 1st of 1993 ah uh, yes and that one is notable because that will be the very last weezer show played by uh, jason cropper on guitar he was the one that was replaced uh during the recording of the blue album right so they were just playing shows like normal that wasn't like a big thing because it was jason's last show that was just the last show before they hit the studio and then we lost jason during the recording yeah, uh, but then recording happens, uh, but before the album actually drops, uh, Weezer starts hitting club dates again, aggressively. It's, it's insane, because they just recorded, the second they're done recording, um, they hit and play a show November 30th, 1993. And that one is notable, because that is the first one that does feature Brian Bell on guitar. Yeah, which would be interesting for from his perspective, I imagine. You're just in the studio... Oh, you're not even recording songs. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not even recording songs. Um, and that is interesting. So I think we should drop that in right now. I was listening to a very interesting uh, YouTube show podcast. Uh, it was Shredding with Shifty, a uh, guitar player for the Foo Fighters right now. The one that's not Dave Grohl and the one that's not Pat Smear. Yes, uh, the, the other guitar player of the Foo Fighters. Uh, he does a really fun show where he interviews another guitar player and they like break down one of these guitar players' solos. Um, and he gets Rivers on and at about like the 29-minute mark of this show, uh, he's just kind of offhand asking, just like, oh yeah, and like this part of the solo, just like, and, and like, who is that? Who's playing that? And Rivers uh, officially, like I think for the first time, is just like, oh no, that that that's me. I'm playing all the guitar on the blue album. Uh, so we had brought up the debate during the recording. Yeah, just really casually dispelled any question that was left of did Rivers record all the guitar on blue? Yeah. So out of Rivers' mouth on this podcast that was uh, posted in late July um, of 2023, that Rivers straight up said. I played everything on the blue album guitar wise. Um, so that in, interesting note, but you know, back yeah, to so, it, Brian right, Bell. Yeah, So Brian Bell comes out of, he spent some time in the studio cause he did do some backup vocals on the album. Yep. Um, 
we're gonna get to, we're gonna come back to it. But he has dropped into what I think is one of the most rigorous tours for a debut album I've ever seen. Yeah, um, but, <laughs> but, but but besides that though, we get some fun TV appearances. So yeah, it's to, not to all break from us. the chronology a little bit because these actually do happen uh, after a lot of aggressive just show playing. Um, there are three late night appearances for Weezer to promote the blue album. Two of them actually got aired. One of them did not. First one, uh, Weezer's first television appearance was August 25th, 1994. They were on Conan. Uh, and this is very early on in Conan having a show. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah. So they play the sweater song. It was excellent. Um, and a, a funny note, I saw Rivers on Conan's podcast, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, that episode, I think, was a couple years ago, but it, it was a fun listen. Um, and Conan kind of brought up, like, his takeaway from watching that footage was, like, with him as a new host being so nervous and scared, like, he was just walking up and, like, shaking the band's hands as if he was a fucking used car salesman. Yeah, that's and then re-watching like- <laughs> that clip, it was spot on. Like, that's exactly what he fucking looked like. Like, I just so sold funny. you a car. I just shake your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, so August, or sorry, rather October 23rd of 1994, uh, they go on the John Stewart show. Uh, before John Stewart was the host of the Daily Show, he did have a late night talk show uh, that was pretty short lived. Uh, they were a musical guest. They played the sweater song and Buddy Holly, uh, but it does not seem like that episode was actually released. Um, oh yeah, didn't you have to? Uh, you did some detective work, right? Yes, yeah, so it was interesting. I found a video of the performance of Buddy Holly, and I couldn't figure out exactly what it was from, but I could tell it was like a TV thing because like there was no. Uh, audience right in front of the stage and it like definitely looked like a live television band performance uh so then i watched a like it, it was almost like a promo clip of the john stewart show to try <laughs> to sell it to like networks um and it had other bands playing the same black and white checkerboard stage with a couple of the same you know props and things um so then i was able to find out that that was probably the video of the sweater song uh but i i don't think that episode ever made it to air unfortunately yeah that's wild but i mean that's what happens when you have a show that isn't popular like that they'll just cut around what they can Yes. Um, and the last television appearance they made in promotion of the Blue Album was August 4th of 95. They made it on to Late Night with David Letterman. Uh, they played Say It Ain't So. Yeah, not um, doing the sweater song anymore. Well, and they didn't play the sweater song on this night for a very specific reason. And it's a it's a fun performance to watch. Um, it's interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, because, like, the first thing I took away when I watched this video was, um, like, immediately you're just like, Rivers looks fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> he looks miserable, yeah. Uh, and he is. Uh, at this point in time, he's got a big-ass knee brace on because he's used some of his money from the Blue Album to get surgery to try to connect, uh, correct the uh, discrepancy in length of his legs. Um, yeah, we mentioned that briefly on our uh, Blue Talk that Rivers was born with a leg shorter than the other. Yes, um, and he gets surgery to try to correct it, and at the time of this performance, he's got on a massive knee brace that he has to like every day uh, twist screws to make it 
bigger. Yeah, it's like cr- a crank. He has to crank his knee bone or leg bone. Yeah, just massively, massively painful horse shit. Uh, so he's wearing like a the biggest fucking pair of pants I've ever seen to try to hide <laughs> it a little bit. Um, At least but, the biggest Rivers has ever worn. Yeah, and it is still visible for sure if you're looking. Uh, but w- one very interesting thing about this performance is bassist Matt Sharp is going fucking hard <laughs> yeah. uh, in an active attempt to take the focus away from Rivers as the front man. Um, you know, he is jumping around. He is absolutely wailing on his base. Um, it, it's It's a cool performance to watch but also a little bit weird um well what's kind of interesting too is that rivers got this surgery done uh around march of 95 so that means he was touring on it for like 90 or so more shows um up until because uh Fuck's sake. yeah because this television performance is towards the end of the tour so I imagine that's probably how he was looking for the last uh, little bit of the tour as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because if we're in August of 95 at this point, that's uh, kind of right before we hit the studio for Pinkerton. Well, at least the first time we hit the studio for Pinkerton. Right. Um, but, you know, that's getting ahead of ourselves. Um, but, yeah, so those are the late night performances. It's actually after this, it's going to be a few years before Weezer hits late night. Um, but this album was such a smash. They did three, yeah, three, three shows, um, two that made it to air. If you can find the, uh, sweater song video on YouTube from the unreleased John Stewart show, highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite, like earlier live versions of that song. It's delightful. But yeah, so these TV appearances, um, just popped up three different times during this massive tour for the blue album. So, like I said, Brian Bell has his first show with Weezer, November 30th, 1993. He is then on the road until August 20th, 1995. But it doesn't start as aggressively. So, they play 23 shows in between. Um, so, you know, uh, November 30th. So, let's just essentially say December of 93. Yeah. To May 10th, 94, when the album actually drops, they play 23 club dates, which is really not aggressive. That And that's more local stuff. That's more, you know, all yeah, LA it, kind of club dates. Venues playing. that they're used to. It's the size of things that they're used to. And it's kind of at the pace that they're used to. And then the Blue Album Tour kind of officially starts a few days before the release. Uh May 7th, 94. Yeah. Um, I, the three days, I think that's enough to count it as the blue album. Tour. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like seven, eight, nine, ten, the three, four days um, dropping, you know, before dropping the album, they're definitely promoting it in town. Uh, but then it is kind of the beginning of next month, uh, you know, early to mid June is when it really really fucking kicks off and does not stop for like a year. Yeah. For, for this first First year of the tour, 94, they play 144 shows from May until the end of the year, which is, that's an insane amount of shows. Like, it really is. Yeah, that's that's too many, Um, especially seeing that it really doesn't start until kind of May. Right, they just cram them all in. Like, 
I, that's that's insane. Um, and they are playing with. I mean, let's go through some of these bands. Uh, Material issue. Um, they hadn't heard of them before we had gotten out of here. Um, yeah, did a quick reading on Material Issue. They weren't together for too long. The lead singer did take his own life, which ended the band in yeah. the mid nineties. That's unfortunate. But yeah, they were on a good string of this first stretch of the Blue Album. Okay, and yeah, they were actually the headliner, Weezer supporting Material Issue um, for that. Um, then starting in about uh, late July of 94, moving to mid-August of 94, uh, Weezer went on to support Lush. Oh, I didn't realize these two were back-to-back. Uh, Lush ended in the 90s because the drummer hanged himself in his parents' garden. Is this going to be a theme? No, no, that's the end of it. I just didn't realize they were back-to-back like that. It is a very depressing um, uh, band history I started doing when I I tried to see. I thought 95 was the sad year. Damn. Uh, uh, Dylan Fence they were also with. Um, We've got Throneberry. That that right? Throneberry or Thornberry? (laughs) We either made a typo or it's uh, Throneberry. Okay. Uh, the Dam Builders. Yeah, the Dam Builders are uh, uh, also of note because their drummer did go on to uh, help found the band Guided by Voices. Okay. Uh, then we've got what, starting in late August of 94, moving on to late September of 94, uh, Weezer is now headlining some dates. Yeah. Uh, this time they are supported by uh, two bands, one Veruca Salt, um, They've at least maintained, yeah, they got some play. Yeah. Right? Um, Veruca Salt's definitely stayed around pretty regularly. Yeah, and a band that did not stick around but is important to the offshoot Weezer story, especially more so later, a band called That Dog. Yeah, that dog kind of just has like, I don't know how to describe it. We watched that one video, but it's kind of just a 90s pop, like I'd say closer to Ace of Bass than Weezer. (laughs) Yes, but maybe or maybe a mix of the two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was yeah, that like I would the, say uh, maybe like a like an early '90s equivalent to like our times, like like an OK Go almost. Yeah, um, maybe you know just that kind of a feel for like are they a rock band? They have a guitar and a drum set, so yeah, points but, to it. Well, but I, are I, they? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I actually think the music video we watched was a bit later on in their career because okay. I do think that dog started with more of a punky, grungy sound. That adds up. Uh, but yeah, we will absolutely talk about this band later, especially with their connection uh, to Jimmy Eat World. Um, but it's 94, and Jimmy Eat World is uh, not really a thing. Yeah, yet. we'll come back to that in uh, 2001. Yes. Um, so then we've got October of 94 to late November of 94. Uh, Weezer is back to supporting um a band called live oh man i don't like live oh no um but they dropped a pretty big album in 95 i think or 94 yeah Um, i mean a lot of the like and a lot of these bands kind of have that live sound like we were saying uh this acoustic acoustic alternative maybe acoustic pop rock is still just like yeah but then you add you know some edginess and a distortion pedal and <laughs> it's kind of blown up right now yeah um and you know live does not really survive 
um, for much longer. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, their top songs got, like, 179 million fucking listens. Yeah, no, I think Live is still a yeah, popular got, band, Holy dude. shit, <laughs> three million monthly listeners? I'm wrong, okay? Like, they're still around, right? Live didn't wow. break up. Yeah, oh, they did break up in 2009 and got back together in 2012 to make all that live money. Okay. Um, yeah, I dropped a 25th anniversary of the big album. Okay. That's how you do which, it. You know, which is fair. I mean, there's a lot of bands that are doing that. I saw like, a, you know, Toadie's Rubberneck 25th anniversary for a 94 album. Um, if you really want to make the money, you tour the whole album. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and then another band they were supporting, uh, with was, uh, Fatima Mansions, Fatima Mansions. I'm yeah, butchering that pronunciation. Well, out of the pages I visited, their their wiki's the shortest. Uh, they opened for U two for a while, which is kind of what got them some uh, recognition. <laughs> and the most interesting thing I could find is they almost started a riot because they were making fun of the Pope at a show in Milan. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's about all I got from um, Fatima Mansions. Okay. Um, uh, thank you for uh, uh, for butchering it as well to yeah. make me feel better. Um, okay. Almost incited a riot for insulting the Pope in Milan. Huh. Uh, well, all right. Next stage, we've got late November 94, moving into December of 94. Uh, Weezer is now headlining, supported by the Dam Builders. Uh, and earlier in this stage, they had supported... The Dam Builders. Now we're flipping around. Dam Builders supporting Weezer for a quick little uh, November-December shot. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of travel becomes involved. Uh, almost all of what we just did was in the U.S. There, I believe there was some Canada shows and uh, stepping maybe a couple trips across sea. Let me double-check myself. No, we are a full U.S. tour for everything we just covered. Okay. Uh, but then 95 is when we start hitting our EU dates and we hit them um, hard. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to... <laughs> I really don't think we need to go over when we're flying back and forth from Europe back to the U.S. because it happens a lot. No, but yeah, there is like there's some EU dates and then there's some U.S. dates. Then there's some EU dates, then some U.S. dates. Uh, some of the bands that make it onto this uh, that we have not talked about yet, there was uh, Archers of Loaf um, uh, in the U.S. There was a band called Cast in London. Um, any notes on those bands you got? Um, so the uh, only thing I have from these ones is for Archers of Loaf, um, which some little fun facts is there's a poster for Archers of Loaf that you can see in the movie Hackers, which it, it's Hackers. I, I don't really, Angelina Jolie's boobs are in it and it's a PG-13 why, movie. Why didn't you lead with that? I don't know, man. It's Hackers. That's, that's Hackers for you. I mean, yo, man, like is Weezer in any way that you know of connected to Angelina Jolie's boobs. Uh, they toured with Archers of Loaf, who has a poster in the movie Hackers. <laughs> well, that's a further degree of separation, therefore making it inherently less fucking cool. That, okay. That's my favorite thing. Um, um, in the show Archer, when Archer forms a lacrosse team on the pirate island, it's called the Archers of Loaf Cross. Okay. <laughs> that like I that's got to be. That, that's got to be a straight-up reference. It's got to okay, be. Okay, and, and then I'm really mad here because the internet kept telling me that the Archers of Loaf song, Chumming the Ocean, had a line that was then later used by the band Brand New. 
And I was like, that's interesting. So I read all these lyrics like five times. You just watched me stare at my computer for a minute. And I, I did do that. Yeah, because I was like, well, I, I, I would know the brand new lyric when I see one. Because they said it's from I Will Play My Game Beneath the Spin Light. And I was like, oh, I'll, okay. I'll, yeah, no, I'll I know it. Spin Light, yeah. So I went through all the lyrics. Apparently, it's just the coastline is quiet. Oh, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's like nothing more. So like I was reading all these lyrics to be like, it's going to be like a, a whole a phrase. Yeah. Or, no, that's three, four words that are just like a, a saying. Yeah, no, that's 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 a thing that exists. You don't no. I don't know. Unless Fuck uh, you. unless Jesse from Brand News cited in an interview saying like he lifted that line, but I I don't think I'm gonna be watching any interviews right. from Jesse. If he so. straight up says I was listening to Archers of Loaf and I had an idea, then uh, fine. It and made me it, so mad. Like that's just a fact that's scattered around the internet. And that feels like a mad. troll, like somebody trolling or just trying to bait brand new fans and just be like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. You know and, what? I respect that. <laughs> yeah, because he successfully baited me. Um, yeah. Wow. So that's what I have for Archers of Loaf. Um, okay. Um, and then there's a another on the back end of all these uh, EU shows. There is a, a full U.S. tour, um, a headlining tour for Weezer. They crossed the country again in 95, uh, this time supported by uh, that dog's back. That dog uh, and Teenage Fan Club. Yeah, who I feel like I've, I must have heard of before, but uh, they just played a lot of shows with Oasis. They were signed to Geffen at the same time that Weezer and Green Day and all these bands were. Yeah, so, you know, a band that clearly didn't make it out to the same stature as some of the other bands, but uh, were part of the just gobbling up of anybody that sounded anything like a distorted guitar in the early 90s yeah exactly and so just yes from january 95 they fly to london to the u.s to spain to a whole europe thing back to the u.s and that lasts until august 20th and that's 90, 91 shows during that time. Yes. With so travel like, back and forth across the Atlantic multiple times. Yeah. Fuck that. Um, no, it definitely, it sounds exhausting. And I, I think what I really want to hammer home, because we, we covered it, that is the end of the Blue Album Tour. That is going to wear out anybody. And it starts to affect Rivers. Yes. Um so we're going to hit a, on it a lot more once we start getting into the Pinkerton phase. But something very important to the history of Rivers does happen while they are on tour for the Blue Album. Uh, at one point in time, and unfortunately I do not know which of the dates, but they played Boston. And there's a very prestigious school Right outside of Boston. I see where we're going with this. Um, Rivers has some Blue Album money, but also he has some Blue Album... Fatigue? Fatigue, and maybe some trepidation that the hits and the fame can be replicated. <laughs> So one morning he just decides to walk to fucking Harvard and apply. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, like you know, nowadays when uh, boomers like, oh, just walk in and ask for an application for a job. And you're like, grandma, go fight. Like, like, that's 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 not how it works. Well, apparently, (laughs) apparently, if I'm 95, you could just do that at Harvard. Uh, Because Rivers just applied to Harvard and, you know, he he did not expect to get in, uh, he says, but he got into Harvard. And that is actually like the end of kind of the touring of the blue album um the touring ends like the last show of the blue album tour is august 20th of 95 then immediately for like a couple days there's the first of three pinkerton recording sessions and then like immediately after that rivers goes to fucking harvard it's wild they play 258 shows. He starts experiencing a little bit of burnout. And his response a to that bit of is to go to fucking Harvard. Like, what is that? Man, he did like the last 90 shows of this with a recovering knee surgery. Like, I wouldn't want to keep doing this either. I, But would you respond to it by going to fucking Harvard? Or would you respond to it by taking a break? Okay, that's fair. Well, I guess we're going to... Wow. It, it, <laughs> we'll see how he handles that <laughs> when we get to this recording of Pinkerton. Yeah. Uh, but for now, let's let's listen to some tunes. Yeah, um, we, we named a bunch of bands for those supporting and headlining acts. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to, you know, kind of randomly pick a few songs, see how we feel, and listen to some of the bands that Weezer was on tour with in 94, 95, uh, supporting the Blue Album. Uh, Bill, what's the first track we got today? Should we start angry? I think we should make ourselves angry. Let's start angry. All right. We're going to make ourselves listen to a live song. All right. Uh, yeah, let's go with, uh, oh God, I know I hate it. Uh, I alone live. Wait, does it really fade out for another fucking 10 seconds after this? No. <laughs> Feedback. No. Um, you know. <laughs> like, look, I get it. I get why that was what it was in 1994, and I get why they were doing some headlining tours around then. Like, musically, the courses aren't too bad. It's just the repetitious lyrics on the courses. Those verses are boring as hell, though. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm blown away to tell you that this band has over 3 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Yeah. John live still popular. Yeah. Um, and, and you were telling me, we were just kind of looking this up. Uh, apparently they've done a lot of band firing and lawsuiting over the last few years. Yeah. So they like broke up, uh, the lead singer then left and they were broken up for like five years and they got back together with a new lead singer. And that only lasted like four years. And then the old lead singer came back. Then after like five years of that, he fired everyone. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know, man. So he's touring. I think he's touring with a a, a tour a touring band, a bunch of fillins. But then what was interesting, and to tie us, I mean, you know, Weezer open for him. But um, so Kevin Smith has been trying to get a live song in his movies since he first heard him when he was putting together the Mallrat soundtrack. And they said no. 
And then he was putting together Jay and Silent Bob's soundtrack, and he requested, and they said no. And they finally gave him a song uh, in 2008 for Zach and Mary Make a Porno. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. So Kevin Smith, big fan of live. <laughs> I can, like either, I don't know if he like loved the song or if he kept going like, oh, you don't want to be perfect. That one live song I heard five years <laughs> ago. Yeah. All right. Um, I, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be super critical of music on this show or in my life. Um, so I guess I'll leave it at this. <laughs> If you are one of the three million people that listen to this band at least once a month, um, if this is a band that speaks to you, I think you're kind of boring and I don't want to hang out with you that much. Um, oh, I think that's fair. I mean, and this album art, artwork too just has that like, what was up with that? Like this '90s vibe of artwork, like Matchbox Twenty did it, and I feel like In Utero, uh, In Utero by Nirvana kind of did. Just that weird, like collage style, and like weird, like it, yeah. it, it has a feeling when you look at these album covers. It does. Um, yeah. I don't know. Can we move on? Who yeah. else? Did, who else did they tour with? Uh, I, they toured with Veruca Salt. Um, should we listen to some Veruca Salt? Yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, have a palate cleanser. Okay. Um, I mean, what do we got? What, what do you think we should listen to? Just top laid song? Do we do Volcano Girls? Um, you know what, John? It's up to you. You know, let's do something that was released in 1994. Their top laid song on Spotify. See I didn't hate that at all. Yeah, solid. Um, the vocal tone was so, so, so mid-90s female pop punk shit. Yeah. I mean, it did kind of point out a thing that uh, drives me crazy with a lot of music in this time period is just like the non-energetic vocal delivery. Like the rest of the songs rock and it's just, nah, 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 nah. you know, you're just, you're not giving it your all. Yeah. Which, you know, it's a lot of people's styles and it's just something I don't vibe with, which nothing against them, but. I uh, mean, this is a Weezer podcast, Bill. I know, I know. Riv <laughs> Rivers can belt it out though. He can, but like, is he doing it all the time? Sometimes. It's yeah. probably why I tore apart Sweater Song when we did our Blue review. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I think something we're going to have to pay more attention to um, that I just caught my eye on the uh, Seether Veruca Salt Wiki Wikipedia page is that it was a big college radio hit. And that's a phrase that we haven't used at all yet, and I think we really need to start. Because I think Pinkerton probably had more college radio play than Blue. I I agree. Um, it 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 is going to be interesting. You and I going through this timeline because even though you know a lot of the Weezer faithful would consider Blue and Pinkerton to be like the most important time for Weezer, 
Um, that's actually a lot of the part in the timeline that you and I just straight up have a fucking blind spot to because <laughs> we were children. True, true. Um, so I, I think a lot of this is going to be very interesting, you know, just uh, honestly throughout the phase of research that we've done so far, you, you know, college radio, I have read uh, the call sign K-Rock uh, more times than I would yeah. care to admit. Well, and I think that K-Rock probably leans more towards the blue blue album that we just went through because yes. they were promoted very aggressively by a major label right away, which kind of skips your college radio step. Yep. Like the indie bands hit college radio first, and now these alternative bands like this uh, less, less punky than the rest of the album for Veruca Salt see their, like, it's a college radio song. Yeah, I mean, but it, to an extent, in 1994, wouldn't, like, a big college radio hit be almost somewhat akin to a viral TikTok song nowadays? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, that's how you, that's how these things would take off. And that's, the, again, that's the difference between Weezer starting off with this huge push. I mean, K-Rock's a good get. Like, K-Rock is a major radio station, but yep. it was the cool radio station. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bill, we got one last band we wanted to listen to today, uh, and that's a band that will continue to come up for at least a few more years. Yeah, uh, we should probably familiarize ourselves more with that dog. Yeah, I think you and I have watched one music video, but to be honest, I have not yeah, dove, and, dove and any further. In yeah, like now. I said, I think the video was later in their career, so I think we should play something off of the uh, 94 album they put out. Okay, so yeah, let's hop into that. Um Shit, what do you think? Um, uh, let's go first track, like we did with uh, Foo Fighters I last like that. episode. Yeah, introductions. Uh, so yeah, track one off the 1994 self-titled That Dog. This is Old Timer. Well, that fucking wrong. That was interesting. <laughs> it was fun. I th- I think we did. I think we picked three good songs from this touring set because it really, we really did hit like fairly punk rock to live. But like that's where Weezer's living. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think it is fun and interesting as well to see, uh, between those last two songs with the female vocalists. Uh, it seems like 1994 was the year of like kind of like Daria esque. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was saying. Punk the vocalists, uh, the just very melancholy delivery. Yeah, like, but I mean, we're also like we're we're a little bit past the Riot Girl explosion that happened, which was the screaming front uh, front vocalist, which. Maybe this is where we found the middle ground for right. Like, is this like a response to that almost, where it's just like we can have screaming guitars, but just kind of be like straight faced and business like in our vocal delivery? Interesting. What's Courtney Love doing right now? No clue. Hole hole was big, right? I yeah, that seems around this time. It's like ninety five. When was their big album? Gotta look this up right now. Uh, Hole, I mean, no, Hole was early. They had Pretty on the Inside, 94. I mean, what are their top songs? Uh, top songs are mostly off the 98 album, though. 
Uh, ninety okay. and the ninety four album. Some of the top songs come off the ninety four album. Um, so yeah, oh, mid, mid to late nineties, Hole was doing their thing. <laughs> huh. Well, yeah, that was uh, informative. Those were some good songs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I, I think we checked yeah. those out. I think we did good with those picks. Okay. Um, that's who Weezer was touring with, Bill. Uh, through 94, 95. 93, and, 94, 95. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you. Um, Just didn't stop. And again, like, it doesn't stop to the point where, like, their last show pretty much bumps into the recording of Pinkerton, which definitely bumps into Rivers going to Harvard. Um, so we've got a lot of weird shit coming up for the next, like, 30 years of Weezer. <laughs> It really never ends. Wow. Um, man, that was a fun one today. Uh, yeah. What do we got coming up next time? Well, yeah, um, so we, we've we covered it. We start this This was the biggest we've had to do. Next album will be a lot less uh, uh, pre-game work, but we covered the formation of Weezer. Right, that is kind of this. We've covered the formation and the story of the Blue album. We recorded Blue. We toured Blue. We got our singles out. We got our music videos out. We've got a feel for where 1994 and 1995 were at in at least American music culture, hopefully. Yeah. So uh, next episode, we're going to we're going to cover any holes we missed during that. We're going to talk about some random crap that we feel like talking about. And we're going to get everything nice and tidy in a little bow. And then we're going to get into Pinkerton in the next episode after the next episode. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we, we've got, you know, uh, some, you know, a little bit of a grab bag. We've got some B sides. We got some bullshit. Um, I'm sure we'll have some errors and omissions. Um, yeah. We, we're going to correct anything we might've missed or just if, if something, but honestly, if y'all aren't listening and pointing out what we might've missed, <laughs> then like, fuck you. We did it perfectly the first time. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, you know, uh, at, at least for this cycle, I expect our fourth episode to be pretty loose, pretty fun, but we are going to listen to uh, some B-sides that did not make it onto the Blue Album, um, at yes. least. So that, that you know, that there's going to be some fun there. Um, man, if, if you've been listening thus far and have gotten kind of through Chapter 1 of Weezer... Um, Man, number one, thank you. Number two, um, hit us up. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you would like to see moving forward. Um, And yeah, let us know if you're a fucking Weezer fan. Uh, (laughs) Bill, where do you stand on that? Yeah, yeah. We'll see you next time uh, for Grab Bag, B-Sides, and Bullshit.